Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 322 of the Ask the Coach show, where we answer your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey, and I uh, hope you are well, and hope everyone out there is doing well and uh, finding ways to occupy themselves and keep themselves busy and maybe even challenge themselves during these uh, these very strange times. Absolutely, absolutely. And Alois, one good way to challenge yourself is by seeing how many times you can bounce the ball on the edge of your racket. Indeed. And uh, we've got a ping skills challenge right along those lines. So uh, if uh, you think that you're any good or if you think you can improve over this uh, next couple of weeks before the end of April, then have a look at the ping skills challenge. So seeing how many times you can bounce the bat on the edge of your, uh, sorry, bounce the ball on the edge of your bat. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and we've got a couple of videos on the Facebook page if people want to check out the competition. Um, some pretty impressive um, entries so far. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So a couple of uh, ping skills have got on there already and and uh, added their videos. So uh yeah, get yours in and you can uh, put as many videos up as you like. Just the highest number will win and the winner gets a free yearly Ping Skills membership. And second prize goes, gets a uh, one-month Ping Skills membership. So, yep, get your entries in early, get them in often and get them in before the 30th of April. Absolutely, yep. And have you have you been working on anything else, you know, besides table tennis in this time, Alois? I've been doing a bit of reading, building a chook pen. It's a slow process. Yep. Chook pen and you know, chook run. Brilliant. Um, just trying to fix some watering systems yesterday. So, yeah, you know, just getting some other things done. It's been good. Nice. Excellent. What about you, Jeff? What, yeah, have, what, yeah, what, what have you been working on? Trying to do a bit of gardening, but, you know... You kind of start and you do some work and there's just more to do. There's there's never a finish line with it. I mean, is that is that the problem or is that the beauty about gardening? That's the beauty. Like in table tennis, Jeff, you can never get it perfect. <laughs> yeah, there's always something there to do. Exactly. Yep. So a bit of that. I've got to do more of that. And um, just some, you know, just some programming, actually. Just, you know, I just enjoy programming. At the moment, I'm just looking at this online thing about writing a poker program. So, just something right. to keep your mind active and busy. Excellent. Good on you. Yeah. And hopefully, as I said, uh, all of you out there are finding a way to keep yourself um, interested, occupied, and challenged during these times. Yeah, indeed. Now, Alois, why did the Scarecrow win an award? Oh, this will be good. Not sure, Jeff. Why did the Scarecrow win an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> and Did you get that, son? Because that was almost funny. <laughs> almost funny. And I have another one for you, Alois. Why was the pitcher yep. sent to jail? I don't know, Jeff. Because it was framed. <laughs> They're good, aren't they? <laughs> And you know what? They weren't even my sons. They're my own. Nah, surely not. I'll uh, I'll check with him uh, later. <laughs> oh, that first dear. one. That first one was. That first one was 
sort of funny. Second one, nah. But <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, should have quit while you were ahead, Jeff. I should have, yeah. Anyway, not to worry. But this is a table tennis show as, as well as a, yes, a very funny, humorous show. It's also a table tennis show. And someone had a question, Alloys, and this surprised me too. It was... How did Liam Pitchford defeat the mighty cloud walker, Zhu Zin? That's a really good question, isn't it? Because Zhu Zin just does not lose to uh, non-Chinese players. And uh, Liam Pitchford at the uh, recent Qatar Open, well, not so recent, but um, at the Qatar Open this year, had a ridiculously good win against Zhu Xin. And, And, you know, I think... What you have to think about is that when that sort of result happens, there's obviously just a combination of things that are happening. You know, uh, the the stronger player um, will, might be just a little bit off on their day, something not quite right. The weaker player or the lower ranked player, you know, everything starts to flow for them. There might be a little bit of luck that happens during a match. Um, and all those things just add up to uh, to a surprising result. Um, in in this match, Pitchford did play extremely well. Mm. He um, he made some really good uh, backhand. I mean, his backhand's really uh, outstanding anyway. But he made some really re- fantastic backhand balls. But he started playing this inside-out forehand as well um, a couple of times. That was just incredible. So he bent one. You know, he was he was standing on his forehand corner and just bent one side almost sideways down the line um that really caught Shujin off uh, off guard but i think tactically as well he played really well you know Shujin, you you always think oh well, his forehand is so strong and it and obviously really is but i think it's even stronger off his backhand corner um and so pitchford tended to play uh short into the forehand and deep into the forehand corner a bit more um you know just threw him off a bit um, and just uh, managed to, you know, just find balls that were just a bit more difficult for Xu Xin. So, um, yeah, just, as I say, a, a real combination of things um, that happened on the day. But, uh, yeah, just a brilliant match from Pitchford. And, and Xu Xin didn't play badly. You know, he played he, he played reasonably well, you know, could have got back into it. Um, I think, um, you know, one of the games was quite close that Pitchford stole. And sometimes that's all it is, you know, just uh, getting the break at that stage, winning those crucial games and uh, then things just fall your way. Yeah, yeah. It was impressive, wasn't it? Um, and like you said, Zuzin didn't pay, play badly. I think, um, like you said, the tactics were brilliant. Um, Pitchford managed to return really well. He either kept the ball short, stopping Zuzin from making his strong attack, or he, he used his the, the, the banana flick um, really effectively. And like you said, his backhand was unbelievable. Even off um, strong top spins, he'd be standing close to the table and ripping them wide to Zuzin's forehand. And like you said, he likes to move around to his backhand side and play those forehands. So he really stretched him and made his, um, even though he's got incredible footwork, really stretched him on both sides. Yeah, amazing game. Yeah, I I think, yeah. Yeah, it was. I think he, he took he took some real risks at mm. times as well, you know. So when Xu Jin was attacking to him, he stood he really stood up to him and tried to just, you know, take the time away from Xu Jin and and you know, on that day it worked really well. You know, he was seeing the ball well, seeing the ball nice and early and um, you know, as you said, just 
sometimes those backhands that he ripped out wide were just uh, were just incredible. So uh, yeah, great result for uh, for Pitchford and and we um, in our uh, when when you sign up to Ping Skills, we send you a, a video about you know how do you beat a player that's better than you and you know we talk about tactics as well. You know just finding finding those tactics that uh, will work. You know against um, a, a higher ranked player, sometimes it, it won't work. Um, to the degree where you're going to win, but it's it's always about finding uh, that tactical uh, play that is going to give you the best opportunity to put them under pressure and to you know give you a chance of winning some points. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So um, thanks, Jasper, for bringing that um, that question to us. Um, now we're moving on, Alois, to a question from Mike, who said, "Are you allowed to touch the racket?" with your free hand during a rally. He says, my son uses his free hand to get extra spin on the ball when hitting it. Yeah, it's a little bit controversial, but um, I've seen players using both hands. So, you know, I guess you are. I mean, I think technically no, because it does say something about having to have a free hand, but, you know, um, you, I don't think you're ever going to get called up for um, for using both hands. And and the I, I guess the biggest point, though, is that... Um, if you're using two hands, you're really going to restrict your swing. So in table tennis, you don't you don't need that second hand to um, to generate power. You know, you might see tennis players using the double hander, where you're actually able to generate some more power by u- utilizing the the power in both of your arms. But with table tennis, a lot of your power comes from the speed of the swing and the speed of the wrist through the stroke so if you're grabbing the bat with both hands you're really limiting the um the amount of wrist action that you can use with your playing hand so so um yeah so i think you know if you're out there thinking about you know can i use the free hand my advice is don't because uh yeah it's just uh, it's just not that um effective for you anyway yeah, and really the only place you could kind of do it is if like a wide backhand, maybe like a double-handed backhand like in tennis, but in table tennis you're not really playing from out that wide anyway, and like you said, you need that speed and, and the wrist, so um might be a bit of fun just to try it, but um yeah, if you're wanting to improve, stick with the single-hander. Absolutely. All right, thank you, Mike. All right, now next question is from Andrew, and he says, my 10-year-old son is starting to get more interested in table tennis. He has a good, well, an okay forehand, and he's working on his backhand. So what is the best rubber to use to help further develop his game? Now, this is a pretty common question, Alois. Yeah, that's right. So um, I think um, one thing that, is very common with with what we hear is people often go for a bat that's um, either not good enough, so something like a hard bat, you know, with no sponge um, and just a pimple on it, that isn't going to allow him to be able to um, to actually develop his strokes in his game. Um, on the other hand, we hear about players grabbing um, a super duper bat to start off with, and the bat's just way too fast for them. Um, so I think the the key key points are that you need to get an inverted rubber bat. So that's one with that's got the the flat surface, but it's got sponge underneath it. So you know about 1.5 to 2 millimeter of sponge underneath it, and the the rubber's got a bit of grip on it. But it's really important that that rubber isn't a high level rubber that's going to be too fast um, for you. Um, 
you know, there's thousands of, of options out there. We have the Ping Skills Rook that we um, uh, use and recommend and sell um, on the site um, that is that we found is, you know, perfect for that type of player that's just starting up. Um, it's not too fast, gives you enough speed and spin and and, um, and allows you to learn the strokes well. So, yeah, it's just a matter of finding something that, that has um, uh, enough grip but not too much speed um, right, for so you when you're learning. If you don't have enough grip, what's the what's the issue there? Yeah, so when you're when you're learning the strokes, so the ball's going to drop off the bat. So that means you're going to have to really open up the angle of your bat to to play your strokes. As you um, progress, and then you you need to use the inverted rubber. You're going to have to change the stroke that you're using um, for or the the yeah the the type of stroke that you're using. So it's best to start with something that's got a bit of grip so you learn correct technique from the start. Okay, so then why not use something that's just really fast and, and still use that correct technique from, from the start? Yeah. So at the start, if you don't have control and feel of the ball and the ball's bouncing off your bat too quickly, you don't develop the control of the ball. So because the ball's bouncing off too fast, what you're going to tend to do is compromise your stroke. You're going to start to just poke at the ball and not play a full forehand stroke or a full backhand stroke that allows you to learn that technique again. Um, so these better players can do that because they they can control the ball that's coming into them and adjust um, adjust their bat. Yeah, because they've practiced a lot, I guess. That, yeah, exactly. And that that ball's just bouncing off way too fast, and and it's not staying on the on the rubber uh, long enough for them to be able to control it. All right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And great question, Andrew. So hopefully that clears some things up uh, for you. And uh, good luck to your son. Excellent age to be getting into table tennis. All right, Alois, let's look at a question about uh, the double serve rule. Uh, Jasper asked us, she said, I always wondered why we have to serve from the right-hand box diagonally. Do you have any ideas why there is this rule? Yeah, this that's a, that's it, it's actually an interesting one. And um, Jasper, when you asked it, it made me start to think. And I, uh, the end, the uh, the my answer is that I don't really know. But it's just a rule that's developed from you know uh, as, as a start. And and interestingly, I mean, most players would have been right-handed when they started, so they would have just started to think about serving only from the right-hand side. Yeah, um, and I guess if you've got two right-hand players. If you serve from that right-hand side, then the next ball, it's easier for that player to get into position. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, and and, um, and why they put that line down the middle for doubles as well is, is interesting. But I guess that would have come from tennis, you know, so just um, that you do serve diagonally. But... You know why that why you didn't serve the other way like in tennis. That's uh, that's a really interesting question, and maybe someone out there knows the yeah. history of that. But I'll, it yeah. would be interesting, yeah, to hear if anyone knows the history. But also, like, what would the game look like if you did just have the normal single service rule? So you could serve from anywhere to anywhere. That would make it harder for your opponents even to know where to stand. Um, and then the other thing, like you said. Um, if you did serve diagonally, if you serve one from the right-hand side and one from the left-hand side, that would be interesting also. And I guess when there were serves up to five, it was a bit different because 
Um, that's an odd number. But now they're even serves, it kind of makes a lot of sense. Serve one from the right-hand side, one from the left-hand side. Yeah, I, 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 I do like that uh, thinking, Jeff, and I like uh, the the thought of that change in the rule. So just serve one from both uh, both sides of the of the uh, table. I think it also evens it up. I think at the moment, left-handers have got a bit of an advantage um, mm. with this with the service rule in doubles. Not that I'd admit that uh, to too many people <laughs> being a left-hander, but um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, the left-hander can use, use their pendulum, you know, their normal pendulum serve and a lot of serves, and um, and it's a really comfortable position for a left-hander to serve from, not so much for the right-hander. Um, yeah, so, um, although although I am seeing more right-handers now just in singles serving from over that hand, from that right-hand side of the table, um, but you're right, it's more common for a left-hander. It's more, yeah, where they're serving the majority of their serves. Yeah, so it just, just makes sense. I, yeah, maybe it's a rule that down the track uh, will uh, change. Maybe. Yeah, so, um, And, yeah. I mean, I know it's difficult in these times, but when, you get, when you're able to get back to your club and stuff, maybe just experiment, like have a couple of fun games where you try some different doubles rules. Maybe one where you can serve anywhere and then one where you have to serve one from the right and one from the left and just see what you think. Give us some feedback. Excellent. Indeed. All right. Now, Alois, um, Ashprit asked us a question about um, the whether rubbers are ITTF approved. So he bought a bat and it says it has a logo, but it's not on a certain list. So he wasn't sure. So how do you find out whether a rubber is approved? Yeah, that's a, it's a really good question here. And I, and I checked on the rubber that... Um, Asprit was talking about and it does have so the the first thing to look for on a table tennis rubber is that it's got an ITTF logo stamped into it so um, if uh, if it doesn't have that ITTF logo on it then it's not an approved rubber so an approved rubber uh, is required if you if you're playing any um, tournaments you know any official tournaments then the umpire can check to see that you're u- utilizing um, an approved rubber, and that's just to stop you from, you know, using all sorts of things. You know, put put a fry pan on your on your forehand side <laughs> and use that. Um, so um, yeah, so that's that's the reason for it. But in this instance, the rubber that they were selling did have the ITTF logo on it, but it's not on the LARC, which is the approved um, racket covering list. So um, yes, and we'll uh, put a a, a link in the show notes as to where you can find that on the um, ITTF, the International Table Tennis Federation website. Um, that uh, that approved list of rubbers, and that uh, that'll help you when you're um, searching for um, to, just to make sure. So it needs to be on that um, approved list, and it needs to be on the latest approved list. So I think they even changed the list. And maybe twice a year um uh so yeah so you have to make sure so it's called the it's the l-a-r-c which is the list of authorized racket coverings <laughs> the and, lark you know, the, cur- <laughs> the lark yeah that's right uh, there's actually a little app that you can get um a lark app as well um but um it, the current lark is 2020a so uh, so that's the list that is the current list of approved rubbers that you uh, 
are allowed to use on your bat. So and it's a it very, a very technical. long list, but um, it's a huge list. Yeah. But then um, it must have been interesting because that other rubber that Asprit bought must have. They must have just used the logo without permission, maybe, or maybe it was an older version that's come off. I don't know. Something strange has happened there, though, hasn't it? Yeah, that's right. It might have been that um, that the rubber was approved pr uh, previously, but now is no longer approved. So I think to um, to be approved, you also have to pay um, a certain uh, you know fee, maybe annually. Um, so you know if you don't do that and then don't want your rubber to be uh, approved any longer, then um, there, then it comes off the list. So, um, yeah, so there, that was a little bit of a strange one. But as I say, the, the first port of call is to just check that um, it has that ITTF logo on it. Um, if it doesn't, then scrap it. Yeah. Um, but if it if it does, then you may also just need to check that it's on the lark. <laughs> on the lark, yep. So, yeah, on head to ITTF.com slash equipment, and there you can find whole heaps of information about... Yeah. Um, yeah. about equipment and the, and you'll find the latest lark. And yeah, as Alice said, uh, we'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah, All right, indeed. great question. All right, next up is a question from Aaron who says, I have a question about the service in singles play. So he said he was watching a friend from the UK and a serve landed near the top left-hand side of the table near the net and he couldn't reach it. And then he said to him, According to English rules, that would be an illegal serve. So Aaron wanted to know, is he allowed to serve the ball from anywhere, provided it's on my side of the table, and does it matter where it lands on the opponent's side? Well, Aaron, uh, yeah, I don't know about the English rules, but uh, I don't think there, there is an English rule that says that. Um, so the ball is allowed to land anywhere on your opponent's side of the table, um, and it's even allowed to land really short and close to the net and go off the side of the table um, as yeah as long as it bounces once on your opponent's side and then once on your side or well, once um, on your side a, and a then good... once on your opponent's side maybe yeah exactly that that's what I meant <laughs> that's right <laughs> thank you Jeff um, yeah then it's a then it's a legal serve um, the only exception is if uh, you're playing against a wheelchair player. Um, then the ball has to leave by the end of the table. But um, in general, if you're a standing player, then, um, yeah, the ball can – it just has to bounce on your opponent's side of the table yeah. um, to be in. But, but this does bring up a, a an interesting question. You know, this, the service rule is, is one that always has a lot of questions about it. And um, we may just go through some of the basic things that you have to think about when you're – when you're serving in table tennis, because because this is one that comes up, uh, you know, in the garage and at the at the family barbecue. Um, <laughs> yep. There's always there's always some argu arguments. So the first rule of uh, a, a good serve is that you have to be behind your end line of the table. Now, so you can't creep over the 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 table and and start your serve from over there. So you have to be behind your end line, but you can go out wider. So if you just imagine. Uh, an extension of the end line, you're allowed to be behind that extension of the line as well. So you can be, you know, like 10 metres off to the right as long as you're behind the extension of um, of that end line. And so that's the first. Can yep. you can you kind of put your body in front of that line as long as you keep the ball behind the line? Yep, that's, yeah, you can. So as long as you, um, yeah, the ball's behind that line, that is fine. Yep. Yep. 
Um, the the next uh, step in the in a good serve is to hold the ball on the palm of your hand. So the ball has to be on the palm of your hand, and the hand has to be nice and flat so your opponent can see the ball. Um, and if you're not used to doing that, up. Alois, it's actually quite difficult. Like if you're used to just holding it in your fingers and and serving out of there, it takes quite a bit of practice to get used to putting it in the palm of your hand and and throwing it up that way. Yeah, it does. That's right. So, um, and and most people to start off with probably do hold the ball ball just in their fingers and uh, and then hit it. Uh, but yeah, if you're if you are going to start to play any sort of uh, tournament play, or if you're getting competitive. Uh, in the backyard or in the garage or in the basement. Um, yeah, just uh, you can start to think about these rules. And so, yeah, so have your hand nice and flat. And then the next rule is that you have to throw the ball up at least the height of the net off your hand. So um, so it's got to leave your hand by at least that much. So you can't just rip it out of your hand and, uh, and you know, and propel it forward. So the ball has to be tossed and they, the rule says it has to be almost vertical as well. So you have to throw the ball up pretty straight. Yeah. And, then and it's not that when, you have to hit it above the net of the height, is it? It's that the ball has to go at the net of a height. It's just a guide to the amount of distance it has to travel once it leaves your hand. That's right. Yeah. And it's got to be clear of your hand by that amount. That's right. And then um, you're allowed to hit it as soon as the ball starts dropping after the peak of the bounce. So you, you've got to let the ball go up to the top of the peak of the of the throw and then when it's coming down you can hit it so that's uh, that's the next rule and then as we said before then it's got to just bounce once on your side and once on your opponent's side at least so it can bounce more times on the on your opponent's side um, but they've got to hit it after it bounces once yeah mm, excellent so, yeah yeah so uh, it sounds it sounds like a pretty complex rule and it probably is but um we uh, we show it to you in um, in a video, so we'll uh, we'll put a link in the show notes as well about how to do just a, a good basic correct serve and how to learn that uh, correct serve as well. Yep, yep, that sounds like a good idea. We will put those in there. All right. Well, great question from Aaron. Um, now, alloys. I just hopefully wanna... that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Ho- ho- hopefully that just solve some of the arguments because i know um that's that's something that um that a lot of people have arguments about so uh yeah just get on to, get onto the uh the show notes and you'll be able to see all the all the rules of yeah. uh, serving and, and if you go and a, just a, watch a, any a, game of of table tennis between people that have never been to a club or never read the these these rules um they'll be breaking a lot of the rules constantly um, so it is good yeah. to know them and learn them and, and understand them. That's right. And gain, gain that competitive advantage, uh, guys out there. Like, you know, just start calling them on the rules and produce produce the rule book. Say, sorry, mate. <laughs> That's a fault. <laughs> That's a fault. My point. Uh, indeed. Yep. Now, um, before we leave, Alois, I have some yes, OMG yep. facts. Oh, these are good, yeah. Go on. Excellent. You ready? Yep. The most germ-laden place on your toilet isn't the seat or even the bowl. It's the handle. The handle? I guess they're talking about maybe like those toilets that you flush with a handle. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I'm guessing. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Your toilet doesn't well, have I might a handle. Just leave it. Mine doesn't either. It's just got a button. Uh, mine's got a button. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Which probably means the button. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so does I that think mean in you the US they often have the um, those little handles. Do you pull them down to flush them, or is that the? Oh, I'm not sure. Maybe. Or maybe they're just. That's just. That's just an old thing that you're reading from. Maybe Jeff. Maybe. Uh, is, is it is it one that you got when you were a kid? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> the U.S. Canada border is the longest border in the world without a military defence. Mm. Here's an interesting one. Captain Kirk never said, beam me up, Scotty, in any Star Trek episode. What? It's it's an OMG fact. Uh, Well, and it's it's in your OMG facts book, so it must be right. Is that right? Is anyone a Star Trek fan and can actually um, validate that? If you are, leave a comment on our Facebook page to let us know. We'd be interested. Um, I don't know why anyone would be a Star Trek fan. Couldn't couldn't think of anything more boring. Yep. And look, yep. a couple more quickly. Couple more. Tomatoes yes. were Tomatoes. thought to be poisonous until the 1800s. Amazing. And this one's kind of relevant in this kind of um, COVID-19 uh, arena where we're all trying to be socially distant, kind of. A greeting card is touched an average of 25 times before it is bought. Oh, mm. don't buy, don't buy greeting cards. Don't flush the toilet, and watch out for tomatoes. Is what I got out of that segment. <laughs> and just last one because it's um, got Australia in the fact, but for no other reason. Okay, Australia right. is the only continent without an active volcano. There you go. There you go. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that well, wraps it up, Al. Well, you should you should lead with OMG facts and finish with OMG facts and just get rid of those jokes. And, and so finish with joking. a joke because it's the strongest part of the show. <sighs> People. Can you tell him? <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Stay safe. Enjoy your ping pong. Remember, practice that. How many edges? How many edges? How many times you can bounce the ball on the edge of your bat? And um, yeah, we will be back soon. Enjoy your table tennis. Thanks, yeah. everyone, and thanks, Alloys. Thanks, Jeff, and uh, stay safe out there, folks. Bye. Bye.